Ahoy everyone, I'm the comic book hunter and I'm back! And I'm joined by... History of the Flash, but you can call me JD. <laughs> and welcome to a Hero Story ep... What episode is this? 32? Something maybe? Something like that. I've been away for a while, so... 32, maybe! Uh, a Hero <laughs> Story, for those that are just joining us, is a podcast all about comic books and heroes and stuff like that. We start off with the news of the week, talking about all the news, including live action and gaming news, if that came out that week and then after that we go to the comics of the week we talk about all the comic books that we read this week including dc and marvel this week's comics are young justice number uh one right nightwing <laughs> number 56 justice league number 15 batman number 62 the green lantern number three adventures of the super sons number six and avengers number 12 so only one marvel title this week after the comics of the week, we go on to a character of the week. This week, we're doing a little different. We're doing a team of the week, that being Young Justice. We'll talk about that near the end of the episode. After that, we'll do a death of the week, if any deaths happen in the comics, which I don't think any happened this week. But yeah. Not, not, not that I could think of. Yeah. But yeah, I'm so glad Hunter is back to the podcast because, man, I do not like running the podcast. I am very <laughs> thankful that Hunter deals with our technical side and I just have to record my voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm the tech guy. <laughs> it's nice to have him back. And uh, yeah, I'm just glad to have him back as a host. So welcome Happy back, to be Hunter. back. It's good, it's good to be back. It's good back to have you to back. Stay. Yeah. So uh, this, uh, I guess we start off with the news. Good to go? Yeah. All right, this week's news of the week. First bit of live action news is the Loki TV show is a real thing that's actually happening, but not starring Tom Hiddleston. It'll instead be having a younger, uh, I guess, actor casted as Loki. So it's going to be stories of his past. Tom Hiddleston will be the narrator of the series. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's something. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay it, with that. It makes sense because, like, um, you know, Tom Hiddleston is a pretty busy guy with movies and such, so... It makes sense in a way, and I guess he could just have to record his voice. Like, it's not that much acting for him. And also, I mean, he's dead, so <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad they're not faking out Loki's death, being like, oh, he was alive all along, again, again, again. Like, <laughs> he's dead for sure this time. These will be stories of his past as a kid. And maybe we'll get a little Thor, too, which I'm hoping we get. I mean, in the first few Thor movies, we have flashbacks to Loki and Thor as kids, so... Yeah, and Thor together. Ragnarok. We end up, even though I don't like Ragnarok, we end up getting a lot of stories about their childhood, like the whole snake stuff. And yeah, yeah. maybe we'll so, actually see that. Yeah, so that could be interesting. I don't, I don't even know if I'm gonna get Disney Plus. I mean, I have a DC Universe, and I'm like kind of content with that. I'll have to see because I really want to watch Clone Wars Saved, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure yet. I'm on the fence about it. Yeah, Disney Plus is its own Netflix, I guess, kind of like DC Universe is DC's version of Netflix in a way. Uh, I'll get Disney Plus if it comes to Canada, unlike DC Universe. <laughs> so. Yeah, DC Universe is uh, taking a sweet time to go to the White North. But yes, yep. uh, Loki getting series with focusing on his childhood it has potential to be interesting because Loki is an interesting character and it would be cool to get a little more depth on him. Yeah, like I wasn't very interested, but now that we know that Loki's a kid, I am Loki interested in it. <laughs> funny nice thanks um <laughs> yes very nice uh actually i just thought of some more news uh we had only thought that was our only news but uh there's some comic news of the week uh doomsday clock number nine push back oh, three weeks right wah, wah, wah. who's surprised here not comic book hunter and i because well doomsday clock always gets delayed it's supposed to be over by now oh god three Jeff, weeks though so what's the actual date now that's coming because it was supposed to come the end of the month right uh it's february 9th i want to say or whatever that f wednesday is in february okay february no february 6th i think i thought 6th it was 13th. 
three weeks. Wouldn't it be like middle of February? <laughs> I think it's February 13th now that I think about it. But I think so too. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. But now I guess that makes the distance between uh, 9 and 10 shorter. So let's look at the bright side maybe. <laughs> I guess It's so. kind of hard to look at the bright side when the comic series that like, you've oh, loved so far. Unless is- they also get delayed. <laughs> don't even talk like that and the worst part is it was like a newsarama article uh that i saw it on and it was just like dc has offered no explanation i was just like are you serious can you at least tell me like something that it was on jeff it was on gary like, it's totally gary art, it's not right? jeff it's be- really jeff well it can gary so long i feel like jeff already wrote the entire thing maybe i don't know i don't know this is just like very frustrating to me that we have so many delays and like Like, I really love this series, but, like, I see a lot of people online, and I can almost agree with them that, like, it really bogs down the series just to have it delayed so much. Like, it's hard to keep up with like that. And I've loved every issue so far. Like It's amazing. When Hunter said, like, this this comic doesn't have any flaws, I I could really agree with that. I've really loved every bit of it, but the delays are killer. I mean, this is going to make one hell of a trade, but, like, oh, my God. Oh yeah! Imagine like ten years from now, where you kind of forget the plot, like your vision, your memory is kind of foggy, and you go to reread the trade all in one sitting, like three hours. Oh my god, that'd be amazing! But right now, it's like, (laughs) come on! I mean, I don't think it's because like Gary Frank, he did a variant cover for the Shazam number one, but besides that, he's only working on Doomsday Clock. Jeff Johns, he's working on Shazam and Three Jokers. He already wrote all Three Jokers. That's like confirmed. Uh, he... But but I'm but I'm saying like the delays like because Shazam number two got delayed by five weeks right so oh right I forgot about that m- multiple multiple uh, Jeff Johns titles have been delayed like if he delays three Jokers I might have to go after Jeff myself I don't think he <laughs> will <I> Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> because he, Jeff straight up said that he's not even gonna like announce the release date until uh what's his name Jason Fabok the artist finishes the second book so the first one's totally done. The second one apparently is almost done, and once the second one's done, he's going to announce like the, sol- the solicitations for all three. So I'm assuming it'll be summer 2019, if I had to guess. But... I, yeah, like I'm guessing like a maybe a May, June, July, or June, July, August. Yeah, I was thinking June or July. Mm-hmm. June, July, August. Yeah, there's only three issues, but, yeah. but they're like extra yeah. size issues, so it's technically like six issues. Yeah, which is which is, I like because it should be good. The more and more I think about Three Jokers, not to get too off track here, but the more and more I think about Three Jokers, the more and more I think it has to be like potential to be like killing joke level for like uh, oh yeah, for like Batman mythos and I Joker mean, mythos. This is like the first big Batman story that Red Hood has a huge role besides under the Red Hood. So yeah, yeah. that's that's a good point, and and it's nice with I mean Jeff Johns, Jason Fabok. The last thing they worked on together is of course. Dark Side War! Hunter's all-time favorite. So. Dark Side War. Yeah, yeah, they have good chemistry. You can't go wrong with Jeff's writing, and, and Faybox art is amazing with anything. <laughs> he is the best artist to draw Batman, in my opinion. And it's a Batman I story, could, so... I could, I could honestly agree with that, and I love his costume designs for everyone. So, yeah, I'm really excited for those. Yeah, but getting off track. Anyways. <laughs> um, our, our last bit of comic news that I also meant to mention is another Heroes in Crisis uh, cover came out with Harley. Harley in the mask, she yeah. Like, yeah, she has the mask and there's blood all around and it's kind of like a white sheet and then there's like a shadow over her, which I'm guessing is Batman based on the shoulders, but not 100% sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get a good look at it. I just kind of saw it and was like, it's Harley Quinn yeah, with blood. Apparently, <laughs> apparently it's the Heroes in Crisis number six cover by yep. Mitch uh, Gerard. Gerard's? 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 
Um, I don't know. He, brought, he did the Mr. Miracle art, and he did the most recent Batman issue. He's and he did a bit of Nightwing Rebirth when it started, I believe, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, the cover looks nice. It's, just, it's a nice you know, cover. Yeah. If I was a Harley Quinn fan. Harley holding yeah. the mask like that, like kind of upside down, reminds me of uh, when Wally was holding it when he was like doing his vision thing. Oh. Oh, similarities. Right? King's good yeah. with that. Tom King's a good Actually, that just gave me a post that. idea. Thanks, Hunter. No, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, basically, like, I feel like Harley Quinn, this will be this issue where we find out what Harley Quinn's doing during the murdering. <laughs> if it was her, if it mm-hmm. wasn't her. So, I don't think it is her. Yeah. I think uh, it wasn't her or Booster. It's someone else. So. I mean, the I think the most likely, and we talked about this on last week's podcast with uh, comic prints, was uh, that it's probably the you know computer system of the sanctuary, which I think makes the most sense. But mm-hmm. still, like I don't know, it's gonna be tough. But yeah, Heroes in Crisis number six cover is out now. We got that cover. We got uh, we also got um, some a ton of varying covers for upcoming Young Justice issues. So I have a feeling that we're gonna get solicitations soon for whatever month is next. So we should be getting some comic news. Within the next week or two. Yeah, I think the March ones are already out, if I'm not mistaken. It's just the April they ones are. we need. Yeah, yeah, I feel like April ones will come out this or next week. Because of all the comments yeah, that we've be been surprised. getting recently. But if they come out within the next week, we'll talk about them on next week's podcast, of course. Yeah, of course. Last bit of news is Brian Michael Bendis tweeted out a thing about Young Justice, the comic series that came out this Wednesday. Uh, which we will talk about in a bit, but you do you have the tweet in front of you at all, JD? Yeah, yeah, I do. You want to read what he said? Yeah, so um, people were asking him, like, they have so many questions after reading the first issue. Like, is it in continuity? Because with stuff like Tim Drake as Robin and Connor Superboy showing up, and Bart, <coughs> like, I, I, like them recognizing Bart, there were a lot of questions. Even Hunter and I had questions like, uh, how did they recognize them? A so uh, Bendis, responded, <laughs> Bendis responded to the tweet, to my count, there are 37 un- unanswered story and character setup cu- uh, questions in Young Justice number one. I cross off a bunch with every upcoming issue. Some things will be answered in the next issue, some things will be answered in six and then he uh, follows that up with but the book is 100 in continuity young justice is ongoing and it's in continuity series these are all real versions of the character how all will be revealed in the series also this is not the final lineup each coming issue will focus in part on one character's legacy and mysteries coming up in issue two so ben is basically saying i know you have a lot of questions but don't worry i've got i've written down all the questions and I'm, i plan to answer them in all my issues so th- that has me happy i like that uh ben is gonna you know it's a full story, you know? Yeah. Looking forward to it. And we'll talk more about Young Justice in a bit, but first we could talk about Young Justice Outsiders. Young Justice Outsiders. So um, for those of us lucky enough to be in the U.S. and have DC <laughs> Universe, uh, well, I guess some people that are using DC Universe outside of the U.S. are using a VPN, but that's all complicated, but beyond my knowledge. Uh, but anyway, I've been enjoying DC Universe. It's a pretty cool streaming service. And, of course, Young Justice Outsiders came out recently, which is awesome because I've been waiting since, like, 2013 for Young Justice Season 3. Mm-hmm. And th- they're releasing three episodes per week, which I like. I, d- I didn't want them to release it all at once. I, I kind of like this little clip. It's more than, you know, Titans only released one episode a week, so this is more. And I like it. Um, the first three episodes were really good. I enjoyed them. I like the topic. The topic, uh, as you may have seen in the trailers, is the whole uh, metahuman trafficking. And it's, um, I mean, I've taken like criminal justice classes in college, and I think uh, human trafficking is like a dark but like interesting topic. So it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting to see it explored with metahumans and people that are like being, you know, forced yeah, to be metahumans. So yeah, it, it, it's interesting. And, um, you know, a lot of the characters are back. 
you know, uh, everyone that we know and love, Connor, Superboy, uh, Dick Grayson. There's some new faces, which I don't want to spoil anything, but there was one that really caught me by surprise. I think I know I who like, it is. Ah. <laughs> I mean, I won't spoil, but like all I'll have to say, it was in the UN scene. But other than that, like I was like, ah, and I was like, all right, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. It's been really enjoyable so far, and at the end of the first episode, I got really emotional for just the credits. Actually, they had a really sad <laughs> picture like that was behind the the uh, credits. So, hmm. yeah. interesting. I, I think I'm assuming that it'll come to Canada if DC Universe doesn't come to Canada eventually. Then you guys will be getting it on Netflix when the season is over, which sucks. When because, it's like, over, a while when it's you over. Have to wait for this, like that sucks. I mean, I can't wait for tomorrow where Titans comes to Netflix. <laughs> Finally. Oh, wow. It's still not even there yet. I thought it already came out. For you no, guys. it's out tomorrow for me. Well, I guess Finally now if you're listening to this episode, <laughs> it'll be oh, out. Man, so I haven't yeah. seen a single Titans episode. I haven't seen Young Justice. I'm going to have to wait because I ain't no thief. I ain't no stealing, <laughs> stealing episodes and stuff because I don't want, I don't know how and I don't want to destroy my computer. So <laughs> that's just the, like that's a, the true a, reason. Just like a quick rant on DC Universe, it's pretty frustrating. And I, you know, I'm lucky enough to live in the US, so I don't have to deal with these problems. But for somebody like Hunter, you know, who's a huge DC fan, who would, yeah. I mean, I would guess have a subscription to this. Like, yeah, I pay. Get it. I take my money. <laughs> I would pay for this. And, and I saw a tweet about this that um, DC is, is struggling with not getting a lot of uh, like memberships to the DC universe. And part of that is, you know, not having it worldwide because they have a lot of worldwide fans because of movies and comics and all that stuff. So yeah. they need to try to expand it. So, yeah, I mean, especially Canada, like, you know, it's right next to the US. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I thought it'd be like North America only at first, but no, just just US. So. But um, when they said like it was US only, I thought it was only going to be like for the like beta basically, like before they even had Titans. I figured, all right, by the time Titans comes out, they're going to want to have it worldwide so they can get more viewership. But then it still wasn't out, and I was like, all right, yeah, well, you know, Jim Titans, Lee, you know, Young Justice is coming, and then like apparently still no. So I don't know what they're doing. Yep, Jim Lee even straight up said like before DC Universe was out, he's like, yeah, it's coming to America first, but real soon it's coming to Canada. It's coming everywhere really soon. Hey, yeah. Jim Lee, it's been like six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and even uh, Dan Didio was like, don't worry, it's coming up north very soon. Like, they just, they never give a date, but they always say very soon. And it just, But like, uh, it's been like almost, not it's been half soon. a year. <laughs> I met Jim Lee yeah. during the time that it first came out in America. So I could have been like, hey, hey man, you know anything, <laughs> you know an exact date? And if he told me like, oh yeah, not until 2019, I'm like, but it's summer 2017. <laughs> <laughs> or 2018 2018 yeah so, oh man that sucks oh well yeah that, i mean hopefully it'll be coming to you guys soon because i know you really want to watch young justice i, I do a big young justice fan so I and i think you'd enjoy the first three episodes especially because like as a comic fan you pick up so many references and like so many like, oh, yeah. little character nods and it's just like oh man oh yeah easter egg galore but like so. I just have to live with it, I guess, for now. I'll, I'll see when it happens. At least I still have Young Justice, the comic series, which brings us to our comic discussion, where we talk about all the well, comics, the of, the comics of the week. Yeah, so first one is Young Justice by Brian Michael Bendis. I have it right in front of me, I think. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. So what we do here is we kind of recap the issue, and then we review it. Uh, yeah, you we recap? Do I want to recap? Yeah, you can, you can recap it. I always like to hear your recaps. I had to recap all of them last week. So oh, yeah, that's right. Well, you can recap a few if you have your comics with you right now. Yeah, but... no, I have my comics right in front of me, but go ahead. You can start. Right, we'll justice. take turns. So it starts off on a distant planet. We see a character being like, Lord, Father, I have to use a study. And he says some, like, 
stuff. Uh, he, he talks about <laughs> uh, Earth and how Earth has had like seven crises, which yeah, that was interesting. Have there been seven crisis stories? Like, is that so? Like, there's Crisis on Infinite Earths, Infinite Crisis, oh, Final Crisis. Okay, that's three. Uh, identity Crisis, Heroes in Crisis, five. Now, do they count like metal? zero hour event? Because that's kind of a crisis. Metal, metal kind of counts. So if you count zero hour and metal, then that's seven. Okay, that was fast. Okay, done. So I assume they're counting <laughs> about that, unless they're talking about something else. Anyways. Go to Earth, we see Metropolis, we actually see Superman fly off on the first page. No, like, just in the background, which I thought is, like, great reference, like, great little point of view. Just, like, a sky oh, shot yeah. of Metropolis, nothing to do with the plot. But then, anyways, you see this Chuck, the ch- Chuck, truck, kind of <laughs> driving around, crashing to things, and, like, freaking out. And then this officer comes, pulls her over, and it's just like, hey, uh, why are you doing that? And I'm going to have to, like, investigate you. And it's this lady in, like, a cowboy hat. Who says she is Ginny Hex, who is like the great great granddaughter of Jonah Hex, I'm guessing? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So Ginny Hex comes out and she doesn't want to be like searched, but the officer's just like, I gotta search you. And there's like a tarp in your truck, what's under it? And she's like, I actually don't know what's under it. So you can't do bam, stuff happens. Uh, This explosion in the sky happens, make this giant like shards come down and action stuff starts happening these aliens come out uh i don't think these aliens have been seen before i think these are uh bendis's own creation but yeah not that i think i've seen them yeah they're called the 12 kingdoms of gem world that's what they call themselves and yeah <laughs> they come down they have weird designs and start shooting people with like these shards they can basically freeze people into gems that's what it seems like their powers are and they can fly so that's happening then red robin i mean robin shows up so tim drake shows up and he's just like i'm here to save you and i'm here to fight is everyone okay and they're just like what are you doing in metropolis he's like i'm here to save you i'm here to make sure you're okay <laughs> he didn't really answer that but they start fighting and all the people and jenny hex takes like a shotgun and she starts helping and there's even like a reference later on where tim drake asks, asks if that's a real gun she's like yeah it's like with real bullets yeah it's like didn't you use something else He's like, you, know, you got anything a little more non-lethal? Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't be doing that. Good old Timmy. Then we get a little uh, four minutes ago, and you see Superman fly off again. And you see uh, Tim Drake, he's on his motorcycle, and you see the truck that Jenny was in, like, driving all maniac-like. And she, like, almost, she cuts off Tim Drake, and he's like, hey. And then he notices uh, Cassie Sandsmark just standing there on her phone listening to music, which is kind of, like, holy coincidence, but... <laughs> Yeah, uh, gets off a spike. They talk for a bit. Just like, what are you doing here? And Cassie's like, oh, I can't really say. You know, I'm just working, going to school in the fall. Can't really say. And then they hug and they make a little joke about Zeus being her uh, grandfather. And then they talk a bit. And then the explosion happens. And that's when Tim Drake's like, oh, action! Let's go, let's go. And like suits into his Robin suit, goes over, and Cassie's just like, I can't. So. Next up, we see Tim Drake fighting all the alien people, and I like the shots that they do of just basically they're trying to talk, and every time Tim just punches or kicks them, so they can't really get a word out. So that was cool. Uh, Later on, we go back to uh, the fight, and you see like a flash of red happen, and they're like, what was that? And then another flash, and all the civilians are like being, looks like they're teleporting away, but no, they're actually being carried away by Bart Allen. (laughs) Impulse, uh, Kid Flash. You know, him. So, Bart Allen comes, and this is the first time we've seen Bart Allen in 
I want to say almost 10 years. Since since, since uh, Flashpoint Kid Flash lost from 2011. Yeah, so, yeah, like eight years ago. Uh, he says, like, call someone, anyone, Superman, the Justice League, call Harry Potter. And they're like, who are you? <laughs> he's like, Impulse, who? Kid Flash, then say that then. So he's like, he's written just like he was, like, when he used to be around as Impulse. Not really when yep. it was Flash, but just Impulse, like the, the kid who was just really hyper, in a way. Yep. He runs around, he's, like, basically just saving people. He's running back and forth to the action, grabbing people, bringing them away. He actually brings, like, a bunch of people to a playground and just puts them, like, on the highest point and then runs back. Uh, it's just basically him running around and he's talking crazily and he's like, I just realized we don't have, like, voice comps so no one could really hear me. He's like, who am I talking to exactly? Can you guys hear me? <laughs> and then later on, he runs past uh, Tim Drake and Tim's like, Bart? And he's like, hey, and they go back. Eventually, Cassie comes in. She has tears in her eyes. I guess she didn't want to fight, but she takes her bracers and she fights. So, unanswered question, which will be answered shortly, I hope. Uh, it's all just fighting, really. Like, she gets hit and she gets caught by a green mitten. She's like, Green Lantern. He's like, Well, kind of, sort of. I'm Teen Lantern. I'm new. This is nuts. Hi. So, it, we don't see Teen Lantern. We just basically see these constructs. constructs. Cassie even says that her voice sounds like she's not really there. It's just like a machine. Uh, Jenny takes off her tarp and there's like treasure chest and books and stuff and compasses and a little ray gun, which she uses, I guess, to teleport them away. Mm-hmm. Did she do that? No, she just used it. It's just a, just a fight. Uh, Bart says, Bart starts freaking out. He's like, I know, impulsive. It's my thing, but it's happening. It's happening. It, it, no, it, us, we, the Young Justice is back. <laughs> And we get a splash page of the team so far doing action poses and Bart being like extremely happy. The Young Justice is back. Then we get which was awesome. <laughs> yep. Next page we get an ad for Young Justice. Next page we uh, go back to the aliens. They start to retreat, and Bart starts being like Young Justice assemble, Young Justice united, and he's just, he's just so happy. Uh, we get back. Uh, Cassie gets hit by uh, the portal. They all get hit by the portal, and they all kind of end up we don't know where. Eventually, Tim Drake comes to his senses. He wakes up and sees Amethyst, who is an upcoming member of Young Justice, with a sword to his neck. So, I'm guessing they'll talk their way out of it next issue. Yeah. Then we get to Bart. Bart wakes up and he's like, oh, unless Horton is about to hear who, I have no idea where I am. And you hear like some a voice go like, Bart? And he's like, you? Turns around and it's Superboy, Connor Kent. And he's like, Bart, what are you doing here? And he's like, Connor, Superboy, that's, that's a very good question. And I promise I'll answer that as soon as you tell me how. And he's like, how what? How did you grow a beard? Because Superboy kind of has like, <laughs> not a beard, but like slight stubble. Like, like, like shaggy stubble from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah, basically. But how did you grow a beard? And that was the last page. Ba- basically the amount of beard that I can grow. So yeah, I feel for you, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's Young Justice number one. Young Justice is back. What you think? Yeah. It's it's a promising issue. Like like you said, it's a lot of fight scenes and it's a lot of setup because it's the first issue. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed the first issue and it's got me really excited. I mean, Bart I thought was written perfectly and the Flash fanatic that I am, you know, uh, he was written like he was in the Impulse series or like he was in the original Young Justice series. So I'm glad Bendis is you know channeling that same energy because I think some people struggle to write Bart. Uh, I've seen like the 2003 Teen Titans series, so it's nice to see Bendis understanding his character. Yeah, and every panel he was in like had me smiling, which I thought was really good. Yeah, of course, it's always good for that. Uh, the whole uh, Tim Drake is Robin thing. I really like Tim Drake, like his writing here. He just, as soon as the explosion happened, he's like, "We gotta go save him." Like that, 
that's what heroes do. So, yeah, and even Ginny was like, you're Robin? And he's like, one of them. So I thought that was a cool line. (laughs) Yeah, I guess we'll find out. I was, I thought he'd be uh, Red Robin at the start of this issue and he would transition to Robin somehow, but I guess not. Uh, Unanswered question number 20. So (laughs) the biggest (laughs) unanswered question is uh, before about a year and a half ago, we had a story called The Super Sons of Tomorrow, I believe. Yep. And it basically had future versions of Bart, Connor, and Cassie come, and no one knew who they were. And they're like, Cassie Sandspark, Connor, Connor uh, Kent? Is it Connor yep. Ben? Or Yeah, and uh, Tim, no, Tim Drake, uh, Bart Allen, sorry. Uh, and <laughs> when that happened, uh, no one knew who they were. They're just like, who, who, who? But now in this, it seems like everyone knows who they are. So it's like... Ben, yeah, does well, I hope my, you're not my just... Question, <laughs> my question is, right, so um, Bartor is not the same as Bart Allen, right? We've yeah. we've figured that out from New 52. The Con, the Connell, whatever the hell that was from New 52, Teen Titans, the Superboy is not the same, right? Yeah, but different person. Cassie is the same as the New 52 Teen Titans series, or... I guess... No? <laughs> I guess See, so. The, the, this is what I think one of Rebirth's biggest problems is. They kind of pick and choose from the new 52, right? So, like, they'll remember certain things, but then completely forget others. So, like, because um, I got to example everything with Flash. Daniel West is remembered, right? He was new 52. But then the rogues having powers is not remembered. So I feel like it could be remembered. They just don't talk about it. I just feel like they kind of... Um, oh, my voice crack. I feel like they kind of uh, pick and choose, like, kind of what bits of the new 52 they want to keep and what kind of got done over which that they don't sense. really explain we just they, they leave they, the they readers really to it. guess it's, it's kind of, yeah left up to interpretation for us to figure out mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it's kind of but, weird yeah like when wally west was in the speed force no one knew who he was but when he came back all he had to do was touch someone and they would know so he yeah, like kind of like, touched someone yeah he touched was. someone and they get like a shock of electricity and then they would remember everything about wally west so that's how Wally West came to like get everyone to remember him, and even now I'm sure civilians that he hasn't really touched don't remember like things like him being the fl- the main Flash and his identity being like a thing that everyone knew and stuff like that. I think they just know what's yeah. happened since he's been back in Rebirth, which is a lot, but not like his before Flashpoint. Bart I mean, Allen, like, even like, I'm oh, like, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go oh no, go on. No, I was just going to say, like, even the characters that have returned from, like, the pre-52 or that have pre-52 memories, they're very selective memories. Like, Wally doesn't remember every little bit of the pre-52. Iris doesn't remember every little bit of the pre-52. So I'm assuming this Bart doesn't remember everything. He remembers little bits and pieces, but... Yeah, but it seems like everyone knows who Bart is, and Bart didn't have to touch anyone to get them to remember. Yeah. Like, he just ran past him, and Tim was like, Bart? It's like, what? You haven't seen Bart in, like, two... <laughs> what? <laughs> well, yeah... Uh, hopefully Bendis answers that. I know he said there's a lot of unanswered questions that will he will answer, but I just feel like somewhere in Bendis's mind he thinks that the fans are all frustrated over like who are these new villains that you made. He's like, oh, I'll answer that later. But really, we want to <laughs> know like why do they remember Bart and Cassie and Connor? And I guess like they could explain if Tim doesn't remember Connor, that would be good. But yeah. if Tim does remember Connor, then that'd be like what. <laughs> Also, like, how did Connor end up on that planet? Like, I mean, I know it'll obviously be explained. But That'll be kind of curious yeah. how he got there. Yeah, me too. So, but yeah, so this was a promising first issue, I think, and I'm hoping, like, you know, I mean, Ben has already said he's going to answer the questions, so I'm excited to see the answers to these questions. I'm sure it'll 
end up with like a lot of like prequel issues, like uh, issues that are set before the time period of the first issue. If I had to guess, yeah, it will. Yeah, like I'm maybe sure. like when Bart first returned at the at uh, yeah, we'll get flashbacks. The first, the first person he found is Tim. Maybe I don't know something like that. Yeah, we'll definitely be getting flashbacks. But yeah, I, I like the issue a lot. Me too. Uh, I'd probably give it rating wise like uh, eight point five out of ten. I'd say. Yeah, eight point five. That's a good start. It was a good start. Good yeah, job, Bendis. It's, it, it, it's, pro- it's promising, and I'm obviously excited to read the rest of the series. Yeah, I'm, I'm not dropping. I'm going to continue back. for sure. Yeah, but yeah. So that's Young Justice number one. I recommend jumping on if you love the '90s series or if you never read them before, because Young Justice is such a great team. I've always loved Young Justice. Me too. So, all right. Uh, our next comic of the week. Oh boy, this is the one I get to describe. Batman number sixty-two. <laughs> uh, Tom King. He uh, he had the artist that I was talking about before, Mitch Gerards, who did the art for his Mister Miracle series. Um, I don't know. Are you a Mitch Gerards fan? He's got like very unique art, I'd say. Yeah, like I, I, I wouldn't I want him to be like, certain things. Like it fit Mister Miracle. I think it fit this issue. Yeah, with like the uh, Professor Pig, rather. Yeah. So. I would have wanted to be like, like a series like a regular, regular Batman. Yeah, yeah, but so. it, it fits like the dark atmosphere of this issue. So yeah, yeah, like it. all the blood and stuff. So uh, we start out with Batman upside down, and actually had his eyes closed, and uh, he's hanging with a bunch of pigs. Professor Pig is has blood all over the place, and uh, the thing with this issue is there's technically no like dialogue, like speech bubbles. There's yeah. like inner thought for Bruce, but that's all we get for pretty much the entire issue. Yeah. So um, he he's basically like psychologically profiling Professor Pig in his mind, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like he's he's like, talking about him. Like he's, he's talking. talking they they always talk. talk. Let them. Let them. Yeah. Why can't you hear him? So yeah, Batman can't hear a thing right now. Yeah, which wasn't exactly explained. <laughs> um, so he he can't hear anything, and he's just trying to get down from Professor Pig's rope up thing. Uh, mm-hmm. There's blood all over, and he like spills it all over Batman. Uh, Batman has like a batarang on his chest or something like that. Like he like or has like a hidden batarang, so he's able to cut the ropes out and like get himself down. But even when he's down, like he's still kind of like uh, Professor Pig's trying to talk. What is he saying? And like every few uh, bubbles or, or every few inner thought things, it says, "Why can't you hear him?" Yeah. So um, ba- Batman eventually realizes it doesn't matter. Just you know, take him out, and then he starts to assume about Professor Pig. But assumptions are never work well with anyone. Mm. Uh, so that's why Professor Pig is able to stab him right in the stomach. Uh, he's very weak, but Professor Pig almost doesn't realize he's weak, and like he surrenders his weapon, and Bruce even is like, he picks up the weapon and throws it at Professor Pig's face, and the knob the knife, yeah. him, not not the actual blade, but Professor Pig is like, he he says he's broken, broken by his own weapon, so but he he says it like Professor Pig is laughing, which is creepy because I find Professor Pig really creepy. <laughs> yeah, he's um, like, and then he says something. He's, Batman says everything's a joke. Everyone's the Joker. Everyone but you. You've won, but you don't know he'll have plans. Helpers. It's it's odd. Yeah. It's odd dialogue. Yeah, yeah. The dialogue is very odd, especially like if this is like the first issue you've read of Tom King's Batman run. You're just like, what the hell? It's almost robotic. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Professor Fig, he tries to pick up the knife, but I, they're like both weak at this point. I mean, I think they both lost a decent amount of blood. Uh. He like there's still just no speech. He ends up picking up a batarang and he throws it at him. But Professor Pig 
catches the batarang. <laughs> yeah. This was a little odd to me. Like I'm, I'm almost losing it. But the whole time he's talking about Bane, like in his inner mind thing, and he's like, uh, he talks about Bane. He talks about what happened in the last <laughs> few issues with Alfred in the Batcave, and how his father was there, and like the, what Alfred had said right before he went down. Which confirms so, this like, takes place after, which is good. Yeah. We're not doing like another flashback story. This is takes place after, and I'm guessing it will be explained. But right now, we don't know. Yeah. So then, like, um, this, this is where I got, like, I was like, hmm, I don't really know where this issue is going. He drop kicks Pig a few times, and then he says, like, what is Pig? A metaphor? A myth? A story? A dream? So I'm like, wait, is this all going to be a dream sequence? I'm going to kill someone if this is a dream sequence. It's not a dream sequence, I think. Uh, <laughs> and then he talks about an ancient cypress, a sculptor named Pygmalion, and then he makes the comparisons. Basically, it's a metaphor of Professor Pig's character, which I guess I had never realized before. Mm-hmm. Um then he even talks about Selena a little bit, which I was like, "Ooh, that's interesting." Yeah, there's this you whole know? page where he talks about like his in- his entire uh, B- Tom basically King all life. Batman Rebirth. Yeah, yeah, and uh, should we read that? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So he says, um, "Yes, that's all it. It's just love. You fell in love. You went to your knees. You saw the ideal. You saw your ideal. You built your ideal from nothing, from a boy in an alley, alone and now, forever." You went to your knees. You prayed. For the second time in your life, you prayed. You went to the rooftop, and Dick was shot. And Alfred. Alfred's not safe. Bane. Gordon. No one is safe. Your children aren't safe. They're dying. You love them. You created them. Created their love, and they're not safe. And her. You asked her. She said yes. You went to the rooftop. Reassess. Evaluate. I'm lost. Oh, dear God. I'm on my knees, and I'm lost. And then... The smell, the rancid corpse of all pigs, bred, slaughtered, hanging, waiting. Ask him. Open your eyes. Open your damn eyes. All the pigs on all the hooks. Everywhere you look, everything you see, everything you are. Bred, slaughtered, hanging, waiting. Ask him. Ask him. And then he asks Pig, how did I get here? How do I get out? And then Pig says, little pig, little pig. And then he takes off his mask, and he's Damian Wayne Robin. What in the <laughs> holy mind? Uh, what? And then he says, let me in. No, no, by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. Then I'll huff, and I'll puff, and I'll blow your house in. And then Bruce, in his inner mind thing, is evaluate, reassess. A metaphor, a myth, a story, a dream. I, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what Tom King was on when he was writing this issue. It's it's funny because, and I feel this with Tom King like overall, he's deep as a writer and it's interesting, but I don't think it works for his Batman. And I've said this in the past and I will stand by it. I just, I don't think it works for his Batman. I but, don't know if you agree, but like... Yeah, no, no, it doesn't. I think this issue was... I think the writing was really good. I just didn't like the plot. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of like Batman number 50, how it had that kind of like deep writing. Oh, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, totally. It doesn't make sense for the plot, exactly, if that makes sense. I think it was a dream, this issue. Because, like, why would Pig Maybe <laughs> Damien? I don't even know. Bruce's mind is being... I mean, this, I mean, I guess this is part of the Nightmares arc, right? So it could be a nightmare. Yeah. Like, because the Nightmares arc is like a 10-issue arc, I, I think. I mean, yeah. Ever since... So actually, Tom... the, 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 the uh, Alfred and his dad stuff also could have been part of the Nightmare. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's confusing. <laughs> one way to describe Tom King's story, what he wants it to be, is about Batman and his feelings. So, like, it started off, he was depressed, and he wanted to be happy. 
Selena was helping him. Dick was helping him. Damien was helping him. He ended up being happy. By issue 50, he was almost there, almost like the perfect Bruce Wayne. And then it all came crumbling down. And then Dick was shot and Alfred was attacked and he punched Jim Gordon and he doesn't know what's happening with Bane. And so Tom King just wants to beat the hell out of Batman's mind and make him so mad and so sad and so depressed. And I feel like it's leading up to issue 75, which something will happen. Either he'll be happy again or worse. I don't know. For for me, Tom King's Batman issue is interesting in theory. But when I actually read it, I'm just like, I don't like this. You know, like, that's just how I feel. And I want to like it because it it is deep writing and it's interesting writing. Like, even like the little bits of like when I read it out loud, I was like, yeah, that sounds interesting. But like when I read the issue the first time, I was just like, oh, my God, this is terrible. (laughs) Yeah, it's really bad. I just like it, it, it's thought provoking and I like that and I like the style but at the same time I just don't think it works for Batman I mean you read his visions is his visions kind of his written like vision. this or not really um yeah it is kind of written like this but because I feel like something like this kind of writing would work better for a character like vision you know kind of like the yeah vision guy. is literally a robot though so yeah yeah so I'm saying like it works better for that like it doesn't it work does, yeah Batman. And I just, I just feel like it's more interesting in theory than anything, which is frustrating. Yeah. But, oh. <laughs> I mean, this Nightmares arc is, like I said, I think it's like 10 issues or something like that. And it's all building up to 75. Like, like Hunter said, from issue 50 to issue 75, Bruce's life, just every aspect of it is getting absolutely destroyed by Bane, presumably. Yeah. And like every little thing, whether it's Nightwing, whether it's Jim Gordon, whether it's Alfred, Catwoman, you name it, it's being ruined by Bane. Yeah. So interesting, but at the same time, not really sure what's going on. I feel like after we're at issue 75 and you look at the kind of 50 to 75 as a whole, I'll appreciate it more. Yeah, no, good point. Yeah. Because going issue by issue from like 50 on, and you could listen to the old podcast episodes, I've given them very low ratings. I haven't liked it. I've just. So have like, I. Reached yeah. Point, like, <laughs> I've reached a point like, do I not like Tom King's Batman? And I'm like, hmm, I kind of don't. But when I think about it, like, hmm, it, it's a full story. It's not like a arc by arc, even though it's presented as arc by arc. It's really like, you know, 25 issues. So. Yeah. Like, we don't like it, but we won't stop reading it. I'm sick and yeah. curious is a good yeah, way yeah, to say it. Exactly. Like, I, I'm just, I'm so curious how it's going to end and stuff. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be back with Selena. Like, and I'm interested to see him actually take down Bane, like, once and for all. I think it could be epic. It could be mm-hmm. Tom King's best Batman story yet. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, look at Tom King's Batman and Justice League Batman. They're totally different people. So, almost like, yeah. Justice League Batman, like, he, he has quips here and there, but. I mean, some of them are good, some of them are bad, but <laughs> Tom King's Batman's depressed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it has potential to be interesting, but it's interesting in theory, but on the actual, like, reading, like, issue by issue, just, I don't think it works. Yeah, no, I agree. No. So, I don't even know, what, like, what to rate this issue, because it was just so confusing. It was confusing, but I kind of liked the writing, so I'm going to say 7 to me. Yeah, I could probably go around maybe 6.5. But, like, like reading the dialogue out loud like that, it's very blunt, but it's thought-provoking. Yeah. Which I think is a lot of Tom King writing. Actually, I kind of wish Heroes in Crisis, even though this, I find this confusing, I wish Heroes in Crisis was like this. Although I feel like Heroes in Crisis is juggling too much to be deep like this, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like it would be good if it focused on, like, Wally or Arsenal, like that. Yeah, Booster. Like, I feel like something like this could work for, like, Booster Gold or Lagoon Boy. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's Batman. Batman number <laughs> 62. Uh, if you're not reading Batman, I'd probably wait till it gets to issue 75 and kind of see how this plays out <laughs> before reading it by issue, because you might have the same frustrations as Hunter and I, because this is just... We'll it, read it's it frustrating reading Batman. <laughs> yeah, we'll read it for you. Yeah. Um, so our next comic of the week, we'll go to the Green, Lan- the Green Lantern number three by Grant Morrison. Okay. Um, I'd just like to start out with the cover. Uh, the cover is really dope. It's basically cop versus god, Green Lantern, like all tiny next to like a huge god, and he's pointing to him. Now, what I like the cover, but I hate the speech bubble. There's really no need for the speech bubble. It, it's Hal saying, you're under you're arrest. You're under arrest. <laughs> like, I, I just feel like... Like and I saw the blank without the speech bubble, and I think it looks so much better and so much more badass, so much more pointing, yeah. <laughs> So you know, yeah. But the issue itself, when we left off, the last thing that happened was how Jordan went to go visit Earth, and Earth was gone. <laughs> He's like, "What?" Yeah. Now JD and I were hoping that it would connect to Superman, where the Earth went to the Phantom Zone. Uh, we weren't week- expecting it to, but we were hoping. Yeah. A week later, the Earth actually got out of the Phantom Zone, so. Like, yeah, I guess it makes sense. That's not, but it was basically, it was captured by like a, a dealer who's like deals planets and he kind of like auctions planets to aliens and he's just decided, Hey, I'm going to auction earth. So he's, he starts his bidding. He's like, I gave you lot 24, the planet earth. And he starts telling you like, you could tame them as pets or enslave them, rule them, breathe them. Uh, the labor and die in the multitudes erecting monuments to your eternal glory and a bunch of like evil alien people are very interested They're like Ooh, earth we could like uh do stuff with earthlings so <laughs> that's the thing uh he starts auctioning and we end up people are trying are bidding a lot there's even steppenwolf is there. that was cool <laughs> yeah and he's like bidding a lot he says 600 j's to steppenwolf of apocalypse and he says this world I vouchsaved as a gift upon my master Darkseid's bleak and inviolable return. If I return to Dread Apocalypse, return empty-handed... I'm reading... There's a lot of turn words in this, sorry. If I return to Dread Apocalypse empty-handed, it's a turn on D-Sad's flay-go-round for me. Cease your bidding, Dominators, where I'll wring your scrawny necks. And the Dominators keep bidding. Type aliens. And Stefan Wolf just wants... To, planet earth to give to dark side when dark side comes back from his little adventures with the justice league odyssey but uh they ended up giving it to one guy who bid it a lot uh who was basically like god Ten thousand julius stellars and thus i doth degree mine first and final offer so that's like way too expensive so earth goes to this god that he calls himself the shepherd uh meanwhile on earth since Earth's no longer in a solar system where there's a sun and stuff Earth's kind of like on its last life support. Like, Captain, or not Captain, Adam went on TV to explain, like, the Earth has been moved. That's why, like, volcanoes are erupting, earthquakes are happening, tidal waves, like, lightning storms, all this stuff's happening because Earth doesn't know what to do right now. So, makes sense, I guess. Uh, Meanwhile, Hal Jordan and a ton of Green Lanterns, they found the area where planet Earth was, and they, it was already sold, so he yells, let's go, Green Lanterns, and they all fly off to go... Uh, fight the bidders who are fighting the Green Lanterns, and Hal's just like, leave Earth to me. So he goes to the Shepherd, and the Shepherd kind of has like this little area where he like hangs up planets on these fake clouds and a fake sun to make sure it's like safe. 
So in a way, he's not like it could have been worse. He could have been using Earthlings to like kill and breed and stuff, but no, he's just kind of like, no, I just want to look after them. But the area <laughs> that he's watching them uh, makes the people of Earth kind of like on drugs in a way, but like super drugs. So they have super strength and they could jump high and kind of fly and stuff. So, but they like this. So I think that's something to do with like super drugs, like how Jordan straight up he uses like a construct to go look. At, at the people of earth and there's a guy saying speaking on behalf of the united states and everyone else we uh well you know we like to think we moved on from judging people on their basis of appearance green lantern and we like this because green lantern kind of showed like the shepherd he doesn't look like god he looks like the predator basically <laughs> so yeah hal jordan finds out that he's a he's like a planet eater and he basically like he breeds he makes sure everyone is like super good and healthy and then he eats them but the people are all kind of like high off the air or something and they're just like no no it's okay you know because we we could fly look we have powers <laughs> and so the shepherd tries to fight hal jordan and they fight for a bit and then hal jordan says that everyone on earth is under arrest which is odd and it shows like a crowd of people saying like green lantern sucks boo and getting heckled on his own planet <laughs> yeah pretty much it was kind of weird how you arrested the whole planet but yeah Anyways, uh, he comes back, it seems. Uh, I don't really get that part. He just kind of came back to, like, a ship that the Green Lanterns found. And he starts saying, like, yeah, the people of Earth are acting all weird right now. And we don't know what's going on. And then there's the dealer who sold Earth. And Hal Jordan takes his ring and he says, which one are you? And he shoots, like, these needles that penetrate the... I think they were I think they were nails. Oh, yeah, they're nails. Yeah, he penetrates... They kind of look like needles. I can see what you're talking about, though. yeah. <laughs> He basically shoots one, two, three, four, five, six nails into the uh, the dealer, supposedly killing him. And he says, "You all saw it was self defense. Let's clean up this mess, Green Lanterns." So he murdered. It's funny in, in that last panel there when he's turned around. It kind of reminds me of I don't know if you ever seen the panel of like Parallax Hal when he like first infected, but it, that's what he looks like in the face. Ooh, it does yeah. He's got like the forehead wrinkles and the angry eyes. <laughs> Just, just add the gray streaks and you got parallax, Hal. <laughs> yep. But he, he supposedly killed someone. So, yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah, I feel I'm like, kind of interested to see where this goes. Yeah, I feel like the killing thing is kind of clickbait and he didn't actually kill him or something's going on with his mind. It's not like how Jordan decided, I'm going to murder this guy. Like, yeah, I feel like it's something else. So, mm, we'll have to wait and find out. All in all, what do you think? Anything to add? Um, I mean, like, Grant Morrison, I've never read a single, like, uh, never read a series of his in single issue, but I know from reading, like, JLA 97 or All-Star Superman, a lot of his stories take time to make sense. Like, you need a kind of a whole arc to be like, oh, okay, I get it now. It's kind of like a Christopher Nolan movie. Like, it requires quite a bit to understand it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, so I'm interested to see where this goes. I was actually talking to one of my friends about this who said they're going to be reading because uh, they don't have a comic shop near them. So they're not reading this until it comes out in trade. And I was like, oh, it'll probably like read better for you. Because I'm like, I'm enjoying it. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, hmm, not really sure. Yeah, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier with Tom King. Like, it's kind of confusing. But outside Tom King's way, like, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Grant's a talented writer and I like his dialogue and stuff like that. And I think his Green Lantern is interesting so far. And I love the alien aspect of it. Like, there's so many different like kinds of aliens. Yeah. And, like, we have such a huge galaxy and multiple galaxies, so it makes sense. Yeah. 
all in all, I give it like a, I, I'd say eight, maybe 7.5, 8, 7.5. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go 7.5 or 8. I, I enjoyed this issue, and I'm excited for the next one. I'm excited to see how this self-defense thing is explained. Yeah, like honestly, each issue kind of gives us another question, and the next one answers it. So <laughs> It's like an episode of Lost for any of my Lost fans out there. You get a few questions, one gets answered, then you get a few more. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, yeah, so uh, that's Chill. the Green Lantern number three. Uh our next comic of the week is Justice League number 15. Scott Snyder and James Tinion IV worked on this one together. Uh, in the last issue where we left off, it's we're on the Hawkgirl world. Uh, the other Hawkgirl, Shiera Hall, not... Right, Shiera? I yeah. always get them confused. Yeah, Shiera. <laughs> um, so on this planet, at the end of the last issue, she like sicked her own Hawkman on Hawkgirl. I know this might sound confusing to anyone who's not reading this, but <laughs> um, like she revived her own Hawkman so she could have a love, I guess. What, is that Connor? Hawkman's on Earth. Is that Connor? He called him, like, Carter. But is that, like... Yeah, I mean, like, every every Hawkman has a variation of the name Carter Hall. Yeah. It's always, like, changed in some little way. But is this, like, the Hawkman we all know, Carter? I don't think so. I think that, like, she made this one. Okay. Because I think the real one is, like, in the Robert Venditti series on Earth. Yeah, that's why I was, like, kind of... Yeah, I believe like she made her own Hawkman. I think I don't know if they talked about it in this issue or the previous issue. I think it might be the next one. Or sorry, this one rather. Uh, and anyway, um, she Hawkman is like has Hawkgirl in his grips. Basically, he has his weapon ready to go. And mm-hmm. uh, she's like, perhaps you can uh, Hawkgirl. Shire is like, perhaps you could forgive me in your next life, Carter. Do it. And then. Basically, she kind of pleads, and she's like, Empress, Empress, please hear me. Please, I'm, I'm not the Earth hero. And that's when we find out that the Martian Manhunter is in her mind. So then she's got to go chase down the Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Where is the Martian Manhunter? Well, he's with Green Lantern and Hawkgirl. Uh, some illusions, basically, were happening, if I'm understanding this correctly. Yeah, yeah. Martian Manhunter kind of made them in disguise. Yeah. So, uh Basically, I, I kind of like the dynamic they have here because they made John Stewart like he's a space cop and he's kind of like a cop, like a goody two shoes almost. Yeah. Um, Martian Manhunter and Hawkgirl talk about like breaking into the vaults and stuff. They're, Martian Manhunter wants to find the other Martian because he knows they have her locked up. But then, like, you know, John Stewart's kind of like, I don't know if I could do this. So yeah. it, it's kind of interesting to see their characterization there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martian Manhunter kind of goes on like a. Uh, Full like a like pretty long that like three page dialogue. Uh, we see some more of the Thungarian people on the planet. Uh, Hawk man and Hawk woman Shayara are back in their area. Uh, <laughs> in their area, yes. In their area, it it looks almost like a big piece of kryptonite in the middle, right? That's what they described it as. Yeah, I think it's actually supposed to be legitimately crypto- kryptonite. Oh, okay, and then like it crushes two of the, or one or two of the, uh, Hawk guards. And, uh, (laughs) basically John Stewart was making the kryptonite out of sheer willpower. And he says, making kryptonite out of of sheer willpower isn't easy. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. I feel like they actually had kryptonite there and it was like John, because otherwise it'd be like, what the heck? Why is the kryptonite here? So kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and then Martian Manhunter has, like, this, like, huge face, and he's like, recognize your god. So he's posing as, like, one of the uh, Thungarian gods, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, he's he, basically his only goal is to find that other Martian. So mm-hmm. they're fighting their way through the Thungarians to find 
the last Martian, but then dun dun dun, Shire comes up, <laughs> and like Shire's kind of badass. Like I, I like the way she kind of just like floats in. She's like, "Hello, Jean." Yeah, you know, so like, that was a badass entrance. Um, she kind of wants to take over Earth, which I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I didn't think that was gonna be like her motive, you know? Yeah, uh, I wasn't really shocked, but I didn't expect it. Does that make sense? I guess like my only exposure to Shiera really, like I mean, I guess like little bits and pieces in the comics, but I mean, the mostly is the Justice League, the animated series. So. I don't know, her kind of being, like, villainy almost. I mean, villainy with, like, the best intentions for Thongar, but, like, you know? Yeah. So, um, her versus John, basically. But then the Green Lantern Corps show up, and I was like, oh! (laughs) Uh, The Green Lantern Corps, I was like, oh, okay, they're here to, you know, arrest Hawkwoman. They're like, nope, make it easy, John. Uh, He has to give up the ring until the Guardians can figure out what what he's been up to. It's like, yeah, yeah, they're going to have a little trouble with that. (laughs) Yeah. Since he doesn't actually have a ring right now, it's just like a tattoo that works like a Green Lantern ring. Yeah, so Hawkgirl is stalling other Hawkgirl, and Martian Manhunter phases into the place where the other Martian is being kept. And she has a kind of like a... Uh, it actually kind of reminds me of the Thinker. has like a brain cap on. Mm-hmm. And basically they're using her as like <laughs> iCloud storage <laughs> of this <laughs> planet. I mean, basically. Basically, yeah. And uh, she... She's like, she can't make it, but she wants to, she's like, at least I'm going to die with another Martian along with me. And then she wants to tell Martian Manhunter of all the Thungarian stuff that is important to know. So the Green Lanterns and the Hawks are facing it off while she tells more and more uh, to Martian Manhunter. And she mentions this woman who knows that reality existed before, you know, uh, our reality is not the first and Thungar Prime is above them. So yeah. I'm like, okay, this is... I was thinking, like, oh, is this pre-52 and new 52? So I'm like, oh, this could be interesting. But I guess... It's like, it, a, yeah. It's not? I, it's super issue, confusing. Right, we, go, we go back to the Trinity who are with the... Uh, what's his name? Starman, right? Starman. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, Starman. Starman. And uh, when he has the lasso around him, he's, like, finally calmed down. And then he says, uh, the, t- the totality, it connects me to every corner of the universe. I can now see your friends on Thongar Prime. I can see the source wall, and more than anything, I can feel her eyes. Your friends are about to learn a story that hasn't been told in billions of years. A story that could destroy the universe itself. The story of Perpetua. Dun, dun, dun. Do you know what that is? The universe. Perpetua. They, that's the one that Scott Snyder was talking about recently, right? Yeah, but... And that was like, like a... Lex, what Lex Luthor was trying to figure out? Yeah. But what is it that? Reminds me, <laughs> do you ever read Trinity War from the New 52? Yeah, of course. It kind of reminds me of um, that Pandora. kind of stuff. Like when, when, yeah, Pandora. That, that's what it kind of reminded me of. But I'm not really sure what Perpetua is. Yeah, is I it mean, a person? Is I'm it interested a to learn. Place? Is it I think. I th- yeah, I think it's. A, I think it's a woman. Yeah. Not really sure how her, you know, is billions of years old and knows the history of the universe and the universe before that. But yeah. Yeah, you think if anything, like maybe John, or not John, John Stewart would know about that since he's a. He was the leader of Green Lantern Corps. He knows everything about the universe, but guess not. I mean, I think Lex was trying to figure it out who Perpetua was and how he could use her power, basically. Right, because the Batman who laughs said her name. Yeah. Yeah, so the Batman. So it's got to do something with the source wall. See, I wasn't the biggest fan of metal, but I at least uh, I'm glad they're not like totally abandoning it. Like they're kind of using the source wall and all that stuff from like No Justice. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of metal either, but like they're not ignoring the story. Like everything that happened in metal happened for a reason. 
Yeah. Which is good. And it, like when, when Scott Snyder said like metal is just the beginning, there's so many big plans that come out of it. And he wasn't kidding. I yeah. mean, Titan, Justice League Dark, Justice League Odyssey, and Justice League all connect to, you know, No Justice and Dark Knight's metal. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. But yeah. It is, yeah. I give, what do you give it? Seven. I wasn't the biggest on this issue. I mean, yeah, honestly, okay. I'd even say six. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could go down even lower, six point five, but I don't know. I just I wasn't the biggest on this issue. It was okay. It wasn't bad, but it was just okay. Is that because no flash characters were in it? There was no flash. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a league issue without any flash. It's depressing. No, but I, I think it was like a kind of more of a setup issue, like it'll make more sense in the future. So It was cool to see the so Green Lantern Corps come in. Yeah, the Green Kilowog and all but that. Like why was John cool fighting them? <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't really explained, but it would have been cool to see somebody like Guy Gardner or Simon Baz, somebody who we're not going to see in another title, you know? Yeah. Like to be along with the Green Lantern Corps, but. Kilowog! <laughs> I mean, Kilowog's cool. I like Kilowog. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, last, so. Uh, no, last comic. Next comic. What do you want to do? Yeah, you want to go over Adventures of Super Sons number six? Yeah, I'll go quick little recap. Uh, when we left yeah, off, Superboy, John Kent. Robin, Damian Wayne, they landed on a planet, they crash landed, and yeah. So it starts off, Damian Wayne's kind of hunting for food, uh, John Kent's like, there's this fruit here and it's really good, and Damian's just like, yeah, but like, you could get poisoned and stuff. He's like, yeah, it tastes good though. Then like a monkey thing grabs it and runs off. They chase the monkey. By the way, the art's beautiful in this issue. They, It's really good with like motion. The way the artist drew like Damian's yeah. hair flowing in the wind and stuff, it was really good. Yeah, uh, Scott, Scott Delusky, who I've never even heard of before. He's yeah, he's great. Uh, they come to a field. There's like a monster. Damien fights it. They save the monkey. And Damien actually beats it by trying to scare it. Damien kind of goes like, hey, John, try scaring it. It's like, okay, I'll try yelling stuff. And he starts yelling things like John, Paul, George, Ringo. And he starts saying like pop culture references. And then he yells. Beatles names. Nice. Yeah. Then he yells, Shazam! And the monster runs off. So I thought that was hilarious. Mm. A little Shazam oh. reference. <laughs> uh, it's like, hey, it worked. And then they, uh, they kind of camp out for the night. The next day in the morning, um, some guy comes and there's like, who is this? And it is uh, Rex Luthor, who is like an alien who loves Lex Luthor, who's also a child. Uh, takes the monkey. She's like, I'm going to kill this monkey unless you put these on. And it's like these collars that like makes them not be able to talk and use their powers. So they put on the collars. He's just like, haha, here's my real plan. I'm going to kill this monkey and I'm going to kill you guys too. And I'm going to kill the Justice League. and I'm going to kill the Legion of Doom. And it's like, oh, God. It's kind of messed up, man. But before he kills the monkey, he gets shot by um, Tommy Tomorrow. I yeah, recognize the space bounty hunter. I recognize the character, but I don't think I've read anything of him. He looks like a, lo- a certain guardian of the galaxy. Am I right? He looks. He kind of looks like Peter Quill. Uh, he yep. wears like a like a tattered up Superman cape, uh, a Hawkman belt, as well as a Batman utility belt. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed uh, that. At first, at first, I thought it was like a Blackhawk thing, and I was like, wait, I have no idea. <laughs> I thought it was a Red Robin thing at first. But, but, yeah, he comes, and he's just like, oh, you kids are on my planet trying to kill my monkey. And he, like, he drags uh, Rex Luthor, Damien, and John. Damien and John can't talk because their collars are on. And he throws Rex Luthor into, like, the back next to Joker Jr., who's another alien that inspires to be like Joker, who betrayed the Super Sons, who's unconscious. Uh, Rex and Joker Jr. are unconscious while Damien and uh, John, they're awake. But eventually, 
he starts flying and he starts mentioning like references he's just like oh you guys are from earth lobo's gonna laugh his ass off when i tell him about this so no reference there uh <laughs> he eventually lets them talk and he turns off their collars and john tells the whole story of how they got there blah 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 and he's just like nice story kid i'm a bit of a writer myself but i know fantasy when i hear it no way two children from Earth of all dungholes managed to destroy one of the most powerful weapons in the universe over the course of one sun cycle. Like, but it's true. And then he's just like, well, I'm taking you to this prison planet. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> so yeah, they're um, going to a planet that's a prison. So, like, we're halfway through this Maxi series right now, and Adventures of Super Sons just doesn't really have a strong plot yet. A strong central plot. Yeah, it's like every single issue is a different plot. <laughs> See, I, I, I had a feeling this was going to happen because, like, it's a year-long series, but it's set in past continuity. And, like, I mean, at least one of the two uh, main characters have kind of evolved, right? So John has kind of evolved. So it's kind of hard to be interested in this past thing when I'm so interested about what's happening to John in the future, you know? Yeah, or John in the present so I think in that, this case. Yeah, this is our present. So I just think Adventures of Super Sons just isn't going anywhere. And I love Pete Tomasi. I love his writing. But it's just, like, it doesn't hold a candle to the original super sun series yeah it's kind of unnecessary yeah like i could have done without this series i'm just i'm not really enjoying it all that much and like i said i love tomasi as a writer anybody who's listening knows i love tomasi as a writer but i'm just not feeling the series same i'm i'm gonna finish it i'm already halfway there but yeah yeah i'll finish it but i'm just you know not overly excited uh i rate it like a five out of ten just i didn't really feel this issue me too five out of ten art was great but yeah, no, the art was great, and Tomasi dialogue is good, but just this overall t- central plot just isn't doing it for me. Yeah, me too. Adventures, yeah, Super, so Sons. Adventures Super Sons number six. Um, our last comic of the week is on the Marvel side of things. Oh, Avengers. there's also Nightwing that I can mention real quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll just I'll minute timing. Uh, it was a good Boom, issue. Go. It was actually a really, really good issue. I like this issue a lot. Uh, I know it's still Rick Grayson, but. It starred the four Nightwing team who and Rick Grayson kind of teamed up to help them fight Scarecrow. And one of them got shot like twice and was assumed dead until the end, really, where he was just he's barely alive. But yeah, it's just the the team at Nightwing, the four like the three cops and the firefighter who put on Nightwing suits. I think they are really good together. Like, I know I should be like Nightwing only Dick Grayson only. But like I if. When Nightwing eventually comes back, which he probably will, I hope. When Dick Grayson turns back to Nightwing, I hope these cops don't get forgotten. That yeah, that's all I have to say. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I mean I haven't read Nightwing in like four issues by now, but uh, I think that the cop team looked interesting when it, I saw them. So it's actually yeah. really good right now. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'll catch up eventually. It's I basically no like <laughs> like a team of cops as Nightwing suits featuring. Dick Grayson or Rick Grayson. Yeah, yeah. But like Rick is like the worst part of the book, right? Yeah. In this one, he had a bit of shine. He kind of had, he's getting his memories back too, which is nice. So he learned some, he remembers some of his combat training and was fighting. And uh, there's a scene where Scarecrow uses fear toxin on him, but he, it doesn't affect him because he has no fear. So he's like, I've only known one person like this. And he's, and then he like gets punched. So yeah. Okay. Um, so that's it for the DC Comics side of the week. Uh, for Marvel Comics, we had Avengers number 12. I could recap this really quick because yeah, sure. I didn't really feel like much happens. Um, Black Panther is basically assembling a Wakanda squad of spies. Um, one of them is the big gorilla that we met, I think, two or three issues ago. Yeah. Uh, he's well, like... they're not really Wakanda spies. They're, they work for the Avengers. 
I mean, yeah, they're like Avengers, but I'm saying like they were going for the purpose of Wakanda, right? I mean, I felt like they were working for Wakanda because uh, General Okioi Okoi was in charge of them. Yeah, true. They're they're called it, and, and agents of Wakanda. Said, yeah. Yes, yes. So I figured like they kind of work for Wakanda. Yeah. Um, they have a few different members, including the big gorilla uh, Kazar, who kind of looks like Conan the Barbarian. Um, the gorilla's name is Gorilla Man, which is very original, of course. Uh, a guy named Brew, who is a mutant alien brood and a former ex-student. Uh, Morbius, the living vampire, which is pretty cool because I like him. Uh, John Jameson, Joe J. J. John Jameson's son, astronaut, man wolf, agent of Wakanda. <laughs> yep. Uh, Odin Barrison, which I was – he wasn't like a member, but he was he showed up in this issue. And he's like an Avengers chairman. Yeah. And uh, Black Panther was like – he was asking him – about um i mean he was asking about morbius right uh odin was yeah he and was then, yeah i don't i didn't odin showed up in like quite a few issues i was kind of surprised that he's been showing up this much but apparently the bad guys that they need to go after are vampires and the whole issue i'm thinking like hmm who's a vampire hunter in the marvel universe that we could really use right now blade <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, uh, blade, blade blade ended up showing up at the end of the issue but uh there were a few more agents of Wakanda, including american eagle dr nemesis fat cobra and then um i think they even made a joke like does he purposely is he purposely called fat cobra like does he like this nickname yeah um, that is what he's actually called yeah so um at the end blade shows up and he goes i'm blade i'm the new avenger and we've got a whole lot of vampires to kill so yeah i don't know kind of like uh Black nope. Panther focused uh, Avengers issue, which is not a bad thing. I kind of like when team books focus on a uh, single character for certain issues. But yeah, so yeah. kind of kind of like a setup for his Wakanda agents. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's basically just setting up like, I mean, like the gorillas, like the security guard of the Avengers HQ. There's that little alien who's like the like if you phone, he's the one to answer. <laughs> so yeah. it was just setting up like the the extras of the Avengers issue. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I, I get this issue like a six point five, maybe seven. I don't. It wasn't like anything special. I was just like the whole issue. I'm like, hmm, vampires. I think they could use Blade. And then Blade showed up. I'm like, all right, Blade's cool. I like Blade. Yeah, me too. I'm excited for Blade. Uh, I think a lot yeah, of fans so are. That's yeah. Avengers number twelve, and also Miles Morales Spider Man number two came out this week, but I completely forgot to pick it up, so I'm gonna have to catch up on that eventually. Hopefully, it was pretty good. The first issue was, eh, but hopefully the second one's better. Um, but yeah, so that's it for our comics of the week. But before we end our episode, we're gonna do uh, we would do a character of the week, but we're breaking the rules, breaking our own rules. We're gonna do a team of the week because yeah. <laughs> we said it. Um, our team of the week is Young Justice. I mean, why not? Animated series back. Uh, sh- their comic is back. We love Young Justice. You love Young Justice. Let's get to the Young Justice. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll start with uh, how we were introduced to the character, or team rather, how we were introduced to the team. Um, maybe like a favorite story we have, or um, I don't know, favorite moments. I don't know, whatever you want to talk about them. Hunter, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, sure. So, basically, uh, I was introduced to Young Justice by the TV show. Uh, it used to come on on a... I don't know if this is a Canadian channel or not, but there's a channel called Teletoon. Is that American? No, it was Cartoon Network for us. Okay, well, it came on a channel in Canada called Teletoon. And I would watch it, but not, like, oh, every episode I watched. So, I just watched, like, random episodes, and that's, I guess, how I was introduced. Season 1. Uh, I got on a comic shortly after that, and then... I got the uh, the old Young Justice series, I, 90s, I guess? 
Yeah, yeah, 1998. Yeah, yeah, 1998. Yeah, I got the first By volume, and uh, I actually, I believe I got it from a library, because I don't, I, I read it, I had it in my hands as a kid, but I don't know if I actually own it, because I haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> I used but, to do that a lot with the library. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the library book, but yeah, that's how I got into Young Justice. Um... I guess my favorite character. Do you, fa- do you have a favorite member? Yeah. Yeah, my favorite member. If we're going like core four, it's uh, Connor Kent, Superboy, probably. I do really like Tim Drake and, and Cassie and Bart, but I think my favorite would be Connor. I, I miss Connor. I'm really happy he's back. And right now, actually, in Bendis' Young Justice series, I'm mostly looking forward to Tim, actually, just because like, he's my favorite as Robin, and now he is Robin, so... I'm yeah. really curious. And Tim about hasn't that. really been in anything for a while, so yeah. I mean, I hope that gets explained why he's in Young Justice because he was supposed to, that boy's supposed to be in college right now. But, uh, <laughs> oh well. Uh, yeah, I guess. Do I say anything else or? Um, I mean, unless you got anything else to add, I think I could go. Uh, yeah, go I was for introduced it. to Young Justice the same way through the animated series. It was on Cartoon Network. Um, it was like, I think 2010 when it first appeared or 2011, I was in middle school. Um, I didn't like, like Hunter, I didn't watch it religiously. Like I would, if I saw an episode here or there, I would watch it. I liked DC at the time. I wasn't like a huge comic book fan cause I was 11, but, uh, <laughs> I, I liked, um, the DC characters from like Teen Titans animated series and, uh, Justice League the animated series and stuff like that. So I, I knew most of the DC characters, but I love that young justice was like such an expanded universe and that it focused on the sidekicks. Because that was Teen Titans was one of my favorite animated series as a kid. So this was, you know, another one focused on the sidekicks. But this one actually del- dived in, dove into their like alter egos, not just the superhero personalities, which yeah. I liked. Um, then I eventually watched both seasons on Netflix when everybody's like, "Oh, we need this renewed." And then when it got actually renewed, I was like, "Oh yeah!" But yeah, uh, for the comics, um, I read Young Justice book one. I don't even remember when, but I actually recently bought it. So for some reason, I didn't own it, but I had read it. Uh, but now I own the first two books. I love the Young Justice comic series. I've said like the 98 Young Justice series is like the perfect comic book series. And I always stand by that. It's it's in my top 10 runs of all time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just I love every issue. And we always talk about how the Amazing Spider-Man 2018 is like such a funny series. Young Justice was that was that, you know, funny series. Like, uh, Superboy couldn't go an issue without bringing up his tactical te- uh, telekinesis. And Bart would have, like, you know, the funny uh, mind bubbles where he would, like, it would be, like, a little cartoon. It was just funny. Yeah, they Bart's like, mind is, like, a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I-, I love that series, and I love the way they wrote Bart. Um, I guess my favorite member would be Bart, but I really love them all. And even, like, the side characters, like, Arrowette and Secret and all that. So... I'm just a big fan of the team, and I'm so happy to see them back. And I'm hoping, 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 because uh, somebody like Arrowette hasn't appeared since the original Young Justice series. Like, she hasn't even been in any comics. But she's appearing in the live-action Arrow, so I'm hoping that they're like, oh, we got to put her back in comics, and then she ends up in the Young Justice series. And Bendis said, this isn't the final team. We will get new members, so can't wait. <laughs> it's happening, yeah. Could be Arrowette. I hope so. Maybe it could be Wally West or Roy Harper making little. Ga- oh. <laughs> I can't. Oh, well. dead. Uh, that's, um, that's that's the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a five star review or rate it whatever your you know whatever your heart desires. I would hope if you're still listening, you would think it's five stars. Uh, for a hero story, I'm JD. I'm Hunter, and thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Good night.